Joining us now, Gene Rossi, former assistant U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Virginia. Thank you, sir, for being here. I want to start with what we heard from Donald Trump. Everybody's talking about it. He says he doesn't respect the attorneys that were telling him he lost and that it was his decision to go forward with this idea that the, that the 2020 election was stolen. If you were prosecuting this case, how do you use those comments and, and will they hurt him and his defense? Well, number one, I would use them if I were a prosecutor in my case in chief. Number two, they do hurt him. And here's why, Sarah. When, when you are uh, putting forth a reliance on counsel defense, uh, whether it's a criminal tax case or a statute that involves willfulness, and you are talking to your lawyers about whether a statute applies to you or whether your conduct is appropriate, um, you can rely on counsel. And that is a, an excellent defense in front of a jury, at least could get one juror to say not guilty. But what Mr. Trump did yesterday in that interview is he didn't just shoot one, uh, didn't shoot one foot, he shoot, shot both feet. He just destroyed any argument that he could say, I relied on attorneys. What he was doing, this is what I would argue as a prosecutor, he was form shopping. He was trying to find the attorney that would agree with his perverted view of the big lie. And you had Attorney General Barr said no fraud. You had Rosen, the acting AG, no fraud. Donahue, the deputy attorney general, all these brilliant guys saying there's nothing there, Mr. President. And he was looking for, I hate to say it, he was looking for the sycophant, Jeffrey Clark, who desperately wanted to be acting attorney general in the last 10 days of the administration. Yeah, it's really interesting uh, the way that you put it, that he, he shot himself, in your view, in, in both feet. I, I want to move on to another case uh, that we are seeing play out in court today in Georgia. Uh, former Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows lost his case in the same vein to try to get his trial in Georgia, moved to federal court. Now Jeffrey Clark is trying to do the same thing. Can we just make the assumption that there's going to be the similar result where the judge will say, no, this has to stay in state court, or... Is this different? Will the judge look at all of the facts of that case and decide differently? Uh, Sarah, to me, Jeffrey Clark's argument is worse. Mark Meadows had some argument, a little bit, not a lot. But, but what Jeffrey Clark did was way beyond his role as acting attorney general of the civil division. I worked at Maine Justice. They have attorney, assistant attorney generals. They're like cardinals in the papacy. They are big fishes. He was an acting attorney general for the civil division. Stay in your lane, dude. You can't go writing letters to state officials about something that isn't occurring. And here's what really offends me, Sarah. The first paragraph of this letter that they wanted to send to Governor Kemp, the Speaker of the House, and the, the Senate pro temp of the Senate, it starts off with a big lie. And the big lie is this. The DOJ is investigating voter fraud. That was a total, complete, fabricated lie. And the other thing in the letter is, the, the letter says that the states have plenary, full, complete role over elections. Why is the DOJ putting their fingers in the pot? That's outside your lane, Mr. Clark. You were not protected by the supremacy clause. Let's bring into the table CNN political commentator, former White House communications director, Alyssa Farrah Griffin, CNN senior political analyst and anchor, John Avalon, and CNN political commentator and New York Magazine columnist, Errol Lewis. Guys, welcome. Thank you for being here. Okay. Um, I, I want to dig in on, on the, the abortion piece and where that stands in the debate in a minute. But, but I kind of want to start, when it comes to Trump's interview, 
with the fact that he's been indicted four times. He tried to overturn an election. Um, and we're having a policy debate, which is a good debate to consider <laughs> and weigh, and it's what Republican voters, particularly, as Jeff points out, in Iowa do actually care about. But he's up 60 points right now. Well, exactly. It's absolute crazy town. I mean, in that interview alone, I thought Kristen Welker did a fantastic job, but I mean, he incriminated himself again. He took responsibility for saying that it was my idea. Yeah, actually, I want to play that. It's okay, a great yeah. point. Can we play that sound real quick? The most senior lawyers in your own administration and on your campaign told you that after you'd lost more than 60 legal challenges, that it was over. Why did you ignore them and decide to listen to a new outside group? Because I didn't respect them. Were you calling the shots, though, Mr. President, ultimately? Uh, as to whether or not I believed it was rigged? Oh, sure. I, okay. I, it was my decision. But I listened to some people. Some people said that. I mean, it's insane that in the year of our Lord 2023, we're still debating this. And he is, as you mentioned, Phil, you know, 10, 20, 40 points in Iowa ahead of his GOP rivals. This is a man who tried to overturn our democracy. And by the way, I mean, a lot of the polls show him kind of head to head with Joe Biden. If he loses, what's to say he won't do it again? And if he wins, that's a whole other Pandora's box of problems for our country. Carol, it also complicates the defense efforts. I mean, we, all his attorneys were coming on the air after this indictment saying there's nothing wrong with following the advice of legal counsel. That's right. In fact, it's a, it's a pretty good defense, actually. But if you, but, uh, if you throw yeah. it away on national television, uh, that is no longer available to you. Or at a minimum, you're setting yourself up for a very uncomfortable cross-examination in right, these criminal charges. Right, he did also say he would testify to Kristen. That's right. He said he would testify. Uh, he will have, a, like I said, a very difficult uh, uh, cross-examination. He also sort of just like ladled, you know, layered, you know, one statement on top of another, saying that he might have pardoned himself, he might pardon himself in the future, he might pardon half the people who got convicted on January 6th for, the, for those violations. Um, he really sort of put front and center an issue that, believe me, Donald Trump does not want the, the conduct of his attacks on democracy to become a central issue in this, in this uh, next election. He's not going to win that debate. And yet, that is the debate. Um, that is the conversation that we should be having. And look, let's not forget. I mean, Alyssa was in the Trump White House, and she's yeah. one of <laughs> dozens and dozens. Been ringing of this alarm bell for some time. We're now warning <laughs> yeah. the American people in the Republican Party that this man represents a threat to the republic. The most recent person on that bandwagon apparently is Jenna Ellis, his former lawyer who was pushing these right. lies. Now, now we're calling him a malignant narcissist. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, go with the people who know you best. But no, this interview was a disaster from a legal standpoint, clearly, and could represent uh, a, a, a possible rupture point. And, and quickly, it does show the tension you run into when you're running for office, but also running against four different indictments. So he's, you know, wants to be on air, he wants to be talking to the public and doing interviews, but then he runs into saying things that self-incriminate and that put his legal cases backward. But it's also, I feel like this is, that was actually the best capture of this entire campaign season of the other candidates running in this race, having policy debates, acting like the other stuff related to the former president who's leading the primary by 50 points doesn't exist, right. like it's 2012 all over again, or early 2015, and Trump coming out and doing what he did. I mean, talking about conspiracy theories related to the election, it's just the same person he's always well, been. Well, and also realistic on, on the abortion issue, which um, at the end of the day, Iowa voters are gonna say, Donald Trump got me Gorsuch, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, and Brett Kavanaugh, he's sufficiently pro-life. He played the biggest role in getting Roe overturned. So they can argue about weeks that will not break through. 
The reason that people are losing by 40 points to Donald Trump is they did not litigate the case of his unfitness and the fact that he basically tried to overthrow our republic. You're not breaking through on a policy matter at this time. We are, what, four months from the Iowa caucuses, five months from New Hampshire? That's not fundamentally changing at this point. It's never historically happened, I should say.